Hi, and welcome to the Breastfeeding Medicine Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dr. Ann Eglash. I'm a clinical professor in the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health. I'm also a board-certified lactation consultant and a co-founder of the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. And I'm Karen Bodnar. I am an assistant professor of pediatrics at Harbor UCLA Medical Center and a general pediatrician. I'm also a board-certified lactation consultant. And this podcast is sponsored by the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. Just so you know, the content of our podcasts does not necessarily reflect official policies or protocols of the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. Are you ready to go? Hey, Karen, how's it going? Great. How are you? Good, good. So today we're going to talk about co-sleeping and breastfeeding and controversy. Yeah, there has been a little bit around this um, study that came out. It's called Influence of Bed Sharing Activity on Breastfeeding Duration Among U.S. Mothers. It came out in September of 2013 in JAMA Pediatrics, which is a a journal from the um, Journal of the American Medical Association, and the lead authors were Huang and Hoke. And um, bed sharing is defined as... The mother sleeping with her infant on the same bed or other sleeping surfaces for nighttime sleep or during the major sleep period. And this practice is controversial in the U.S. because some professional associations advocate bed sharing to facilitate breastfeeding, while others recommend against it to reduce the risk of sudden infant death syndrome, commonly called SIDS, and suffocation death. And in the U.S., a nationwide program focused on public education of safe sleep practices was launched in 1994, and it's credited with a 50% drop in SIDS deaths. And so we know that sleep practices um, really um, can be protective or detrimental, but um, the author sought to quantify the influence of bed sharing on breastfeeding duration, because we know that um, increased duration and exclusivity increase the benefits of breastfeeding. They used longitudinal data from the Infant Feeding Practices Study 2, which enrolled mothers while pregnant and surveyed them 10 times throughout the first year of their infant's lives. Around 1,800 mothers answered at least one question regarding bed sharing and were breastfeeding their infant um, still at age two weeks. And then those moms were were followed um, for this particular study. Interestingly, the authors found that longer duration of bed sharing was associated with a longer duration of any breastfeeding, but not a longer duration of exclusive breastfeeding. And in the study, about 42% of new mothers were bed sharing at two weeks, and 27 were still doing so at one year. And Among all women, the average duration of any amount of breastfeeding was about seven months, and breastfeeding exclusivity lasted just under 10 weeks on average, so not really um, very long exclusive breastfeeding in this study. Of the women who frequently shared the bed with their infants, um, they used a rating system sort of to rate how frequently moms shared the bed with their infants. Of the moms who more frequently shared the bed, more than half were still breastfeeding at the end of the year. Whereas in contrast, among the women who reported never sleeping with their baby, just half were breastfeeding at all by 30 weeks. 
In addition, the authors found breastfeeding duration was longer among women who were better educated, were white, had previously breastfed, who had planned to breastfeed, and who had not returned to work in the first year postpartum. And the study had disproportionately larger numbers of white, well-off moms. One of the study authors, um, Dr. Fern Hoke from the University of Virginia School of Medicine in Charlottesville, was quoted in Reuters Health saying, we now see with more evidence that breastfeeding is supported by bed sharing. However, we don't recommend it because the risk of SIDS and sudden death is still there. And I thought this was a really um, telling statement from her, which is um, that, you know, this is not surprising to a lot of people who heard this study that bed sharing is associated with longer breastfeeding. Um, and it sort of leaves physicians like me in a quandary as to what to recommend um, to my patients. In the end, the authors concluded multiple factors were associated with breastfeeding, including bed sharing, and given the risk of sudden infant death syndrome related to bed sharing, multi-pronged strategies to, to promote breastfeeding should be developed and tested. And I thought their conclusion was interesting um, because we remember that the results highlighted um, show an association and not a causal relationship. And so it didn't delve into why bed sharing increases breastfeeding. We can speculate that the mothers in close proximity to their infants were awaking sooner in response to their feeding cues, or they fed more frequently, or their babies had more skin-to-skin time. Uh, we can wonder how the arrangement influenced the role of their partners um, and whether or not they were likely to be supplemented. Um, but we really don't know from this study. And in many countries, bed sharing is more common um, than it is in the U.S. And so, um, as I mentioned earlier, my practice, in my practice, I advise mothers to breastfeed and to have the baby sleep in the same room, but not to share the same bed. However, I also listen to what parents are doing because, you know, no matter what recommendations we make to our patients, they they are going to make their own choices. And so, you know, when I hear that parents are going to planning to bed share or they, you know, they're bed sharing, I emphasize that bed sharing is more dangerous in particular situations. So if parents are inebriated from drug or alcohol use, if they're smokers or they're obese, or if they're sleeping with their infant on a sofa, and I encourage parents to be as safe as possible if they are choosing to bed share with their babies. Right. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, when they talk about sudden infant death syndrome, I feel like they're, that for so many of these cases, it's not unexplained, you know, it's explained, someone's intoxicated. And we know, the funny thing about this is that breastfeeding is protective of sudden infant death, but then you see more bed sharing among those who are successfully breastfeeding. So, mm-hmm. you know, so if you really look at the data, maybe it would show that bed sharing is protective in some respects. The yeah, I think this highlights the fact that we still need more studies on this. It's right, a really right. complicated issue. Right. I, you know, I have, I mean, as a breastfeeding medicine specialist and a family physician, I draw families who bed share. No question. I think we all do, those of us who specialize in breastfeeding medicine, because it's, you know, if you're trying to be successful breastfeeding, particularly when you go back to work, you end up throwing the baby in bed with you and you end up nursing, you know. And so when when women now some I have some families who like absolutely don't want to go there they don't want their baby in their bed they're uncomfortable with it and then I tell women 
or families, you should not have your baby in bed if you're uncomfortable with, with it, especially if you're a heavy sleeper, taking medications, drinking, anything like that, smoking. Um, but for but for families who want that advice, like, how can I do this safely? Because I don't see a way around this. This is the way it has to be. Then I go back to the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine protocol recommendations, which are things like, you know, don't have the baby sleep on a waterbed, don't have the baby sleep on a pillow, don't have the baby under the covers, don't have the baby next to the wall, don't have the baby get caught between the mattress and the headboard or fall out of bed and blah, blah, blah. And um, just kind of talking about all those safety features because, you know, in the middle of the night, it's going to be safer for that baby to be in bed with those firm guidelines than to be in the recliner, mom's arms, on the couch, um, possibly in the swing or some other funky location where it's not necessarily safe. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think having a realistic approach is much more effective um, to protect our patients than to sort of say, don't do it, and then put on blinders when people are up front and say they're going to do it. I think they need more helpful advice. And, I mean, I have to say, from my personal experience, I was so terrified of SIDS when I had my first baby that I remember I, I my daughter slept in the bassinet and I had a nightmare that I rolled over on her, even wow. though I always, always put her in the bassinet because, you know, in medical training, it's just, it was hammered into us, danger, danger, adventuring. And so I think it makes it hard for people to... Um, sort of meet their patients where they are when they're coming from that that hard line place that yeah. I was was trained in. And so over time I agree, I totally attract patients that that chair and you know the numbers are high. When you look at the numbers of that study, almost fifty percent percent were bed chair in the beginning. We are foolish if we don't try to then go to this next level and talk to people about how to be safer. Right. And right. Also, what's amazing to me is what happens in the hospital. And so you see this all the time. You see people bed sharing in the hospital and often in ways that aren't very safe. You see people who are medicated, who are in there with tons and tons of pillows. And so it's an awesome opportunity to talk to not just the mom, but the whole family about this issue and really highlight the importance of it and, and, and get people thinking about it. Yeah, I see that all the time. You know, they have the pull-out couches for the significant other or family member, and then they're just, you know, the, and everyone's, like, exhausted 24-7. So, you know, the 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 mom sleeping in the bed and then the grand, the grandmother or the husband or whoever it is is lying on that pull-out couch and is cuddling the baby, and then they're snoozing right next to each other. And, you know, it's, there's all these, like you said, there's all these really weird, somewhat probably some some of the dangerous combinations that are happening just in the hospital. And we've had some SIDS occur in our hospital um, that have been horrible. And so now in our hospital, every hour they do comfort rounds where the nurses come in, just kind of walk right in, see where that baby is, and put the baby gently back into the little bassinet so that the baby isn't co-sleeping. Um, but, yeah, I think there is a lot more to be done. I think that other countries probably, again, look at us and think, those crazy, stupid Americans, like, don't don't they get it? Because they're in some parts of the country, I mean, some parts of the world, and probably many parts of the world, there is the bedroom, and there is the bed in the house, and that's where everyone sleeps. And there's no, yeah, and no other place. It's so interesting what you said about the, the rounds put the baby back in the bathroom, because I think that, 
one of the things that really I struggle with right now is seeing just constantly swaddled babies who are not spending the time that they should skin to skin with the mom, you know, displaying their normal infant behaviors and having that opportunity to, to learn to nurse. They're just, it's baby burrito 20 yeah. hours a day. And then moms expect a baby to be put on the chest on a schedule and perform. And of course, that's not helpful to right. developing a breastfeeding relationship. And Right, exactly. And in our hospital, they had these sleep sacks, which are like these fleecy zip-up things that allow swaddling at the same time as being, you know, warm. And... um we finally, like, finally, our lactation department said we have to get rid of these because they constantly keep that baby from skin to skin because they're given these and it has the name of the hospital on them. So everyone thinks that the baby has to be in the sleep sack. And mm-hmm. so then these babies are constantly, you know, arms are not out. They're all swaddled up in these sleep sacks. And if you don't have the baby in the sleep sack, it's like, why isn't the baby in the sleep sack? And so it kind oh, of like gosh. the staff gets wrapped up into the whole thing. And so we're just going to get rid of them. Thank goodness. So, um, yeah, it's kind of That's fascinating. Yeah, it's kind of weird how something like that happens. But, yeah, I think we have to stay tuned. I would say, though, that Milwaukee County, which is, you know, one of the bigger county, biggest counties in, in Wisconsin where I live, they have had a very strong campaign against co-sleeping because there have been a large number of sudden infant death syndrome cases in Milwaukee County. Now, Milwaukee County is a very poor um, county with a large percent of non-breastfeeding moms. It's a very high African-American population. And um, they are. there's actually a proposal in the legislature to make it a crime to, if you're found cold sleeping as a cause of sudden infant death, to make it a crime that you cold slept. Because those parents haven't been through enough. They should have to go to jail. Right, right. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it's actually, like, going to the next level. So I think we need to um, really get further education out there about what, you know, what are the facts, you know, what are the issues with co-sleeping. And, again, these are poor, these are usually poor families, you know, people who don't have a lot of room in their home to put the baby somewhere and they need some sleep and it might be a single mother who's got three kids who just needs to get some sleep and the baby's going to sleep better in the bed in the bed. And yeah. So, yeah. Very sad. So maybe we need to just move to Japan. (laughs) 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 We're close to this happens on the futon when the baby's born. Just need to help increase the, uh, the numbers of breastfeeding moms in that poor population and decrease smoking and you know we can do that by next week so everything will be okay right right well good topic that was great and i want to remind everyone of our breastfeeding medicine podcast facebook page please if you search breastfeeding medicine podcast you'll find our facebook page come and like us this is how we'll put out the word to everyone that we have a new podcast up on itunes awesome all right talk to you next time sounds good bye karen Bye-bye. If you have any interest in the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine or any questions or comments about this podcast, please email us at abm at b as in boy, f as in frank, med.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a few weeks.